0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to Listen Money Matters, where you learn to move dough now so it can move you later. My name is Matt, and I'm here, as always, with Andrew. Andrew, how are you, and what are you drinking?
1: Uh, I'm awesome, Matt. Yeah, And I'm especially awesome because I'm drinking a Boulevard unfiltered wheat beer uh, from our listener, Drew. He he mailed me a bunch of beer, and that was pretty much the coolest mail I've ever gotten. That
0: is so awesome. You know what? You should have gained me a couple when I was up there. Monday.
1: No, dude, they're mine. Okay. (laughs) Cheers to you, Drew. This is delicious.
0: Uh, I'm going to have water today. uh, And we have a special guest on the show today. We're going to talk to the CEO of Betterment. You know that company, right? The company (laughs) that we kind of always talk about. And uh, so we're going to get to him. But uh, before we get started, if you guys have questions about personal finance, including income, debt, budgeting, or investing, you can shoot us an email with your question to listen money at gmail.com. And we also want submissions for catchphrases that we say at the beginning of the show. Today's catchphrase where you learn to move dough now so it can move you later. That was sent in by at father potato on Twitter, which is a great Twitter handle, by the way. And uh, you can send them to us via Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at money matters man. And we look forward to hearing from you. So let's get into it. Today we're talking about betterment and we have John Stein, the CEO of Betterment. John, how are you today?
2: I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on the show.
0: Uh, we are very excited to talk to you because um, we are sort of massive fans of Betterment. I personally use it. Andrew personally uses it. We've turned a lot of people on to it, and we talk about it a lot on the show. And Andrew has a... Uh, he's been running this Betterment experiment for the last year, uh, just tracking everything, all the gains that he's been you know, making through using Betterment and, and investing his own money... So that we can learn and teach everybody else.
2: I love it. A little bit of a Betterment challenge.
0: A little bit of a Betterment challenge. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So I want to start off by asking, can you explain what Betterment is to people who may not know anything about investing? How do you, how do you describe it?
2: Betterment is a smart, automated investment service our customers uh, generally come to us often at the, at the recommendation of a, a friend or family member, like you guys were saying, mm-hmm. uh, and then they tell us about their goals and based on those goals and the goals might be retirement or uh, uh, say for a down payment on a house or say for um, just building wealth generally um, uh, based on those goals and the time horizon to those goals, we recommend a portfolio of diversified stock and bond ETFs. Um, so a really great diversified, low-cost, passive portfolio. And then we manage that portfolio for you over time uh, for things like uh, we do rebalancing for you automatically. We reinvest dividends in a very smart and efficient way. Uh, we, we manage your taxes for the, for the absolute most efficiency. And our goal as a company is to get our customers the, the the best possible expected net of tax, net of cost, net of your own behavior return. So that's a long way of saying that what we do is we try to help you as, as, the, as a customer make the absolute most of your money so that you can reach your goals quicker.
0: Okay. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know, though. Uh, so So I use Betterment as my... Just instead of a bank, instead of like using a savings account, which has a pretty low interest rate, I use Betterment as my bank account because it's easy for me to de- deposit and uh, to withdraw money, which is uh, a problem that people have when they go to invest. It costs $14 for a single trade. And I, I did that in the past too, which didn't work out for me so well. You guys don't charge people uh, for each individual trade.
2: That's right. We, we have a, a really amazing technology that, that we have built uh, uh, from, from end to end. I've been working on, on Betterment for, for six or seven years now. Uh, we launched wow. back in, in 2010. And this, uh, the, the technology stack uh, that, that we've put together is, I believe, the most efficient broker-dealer and investment advisor ever built and what that efficiency means is uh, it means that we can pass on more savings to our customers. And so we don't charge for transaction costs when you deposit money. We and don't charge for trades.
0: Yeah, and that's kind of where I want to go. I want to know what goes on behind the scenes at Betterment and how you use uh, your customers' money. How, how, that, how does that get invested? And what does it get invested into?
2: Yep. So uh, based on your goals, we'll recommend a portfolio. And that portfolio is exchange-traded funds. Exchange-traded funds, uh, uh, for for those who aren't familiar, are a lot like mutual funds, which everyone has has heard of. Mm-hmm. Um, they buy a lot of a lot of different stocks, so so uh, they're by nature diversified. And the exchange-traded funds or ETFs that we use are uh, domestic U.S. stocks, international stocks, international bonds, uh, emerging market bonds, U.S. Treasuries, U.S. Uh, corporate bonds, U.S. municipal bonds. So there are twelve different asset classes that, that we invest you in. Uh, each asset class uh, being represented by the best exchange-traded funds in that asset class. So for instance, uh, in, uh, in US stocks, there are, uh, there are many different exchange-traded funds that track the broad US stock market. We choose the top three in each asset class and the, the very best one based on the lowest cost, the most liquid, the lowest bid-ask spread, and so on, is the one that we use as your primary, and then we have a secondary and a tertiary that are the, the, the runners-up that we use to help reduce your taxes. So we'll switch you into those at smart times to help you minimize your taxes. Um, all of this is is automated. It's all stuff that, that you don't have to, to, to worry about. Um, you just uh, you tell us about the goals, you tell us how you want the money allocated, and we take care of, of maintaining that allocation uh, and that portfolio for you over time.
0: So there's no, like group of savvy investors behind the scenes just banging out on a keyboard
2: <laughs> well there are uh, and there's, oh. there's a lot of them we have a really we have a tremendous uh, in- investment team here uh betterment uh is about 70 people today uh and uh, and, and we're growing we're growing quickly um we uh, uh our investment team uh, is uh, it runs our portfolio optimization. We use a Black Litterman optimization uh, to, to come up with the right uh, portfolio allocation for each time horizon and each type of goal. Uh, and that, that doesn't have to change very often, but we do update it to make sure that we have the right inputs, that we're considering the right asset classes and, and so on. And it does take some, some pretty heavy expertise to do that. So we've got PhDs, uh, CFPs, uh, CFAs, on staff uh, to, to run those models and, and make sure that the, the, that the portfolio is well-optimized. We also have an external investment committee of, of practitioners and, and professors of finance uh, that we meet with regularly to, to review the recommendations of our internal in, in investment team.
0: Uh, you mentioned Black Letterman. What's that?
2: So the Black Letterman model is one of a handful of models that gives you a, a portfolio optimization. Um, it's a, uh, It's a way of taking some inputs like the market cap of each asset class. So, uh, let's say uh, I'm going to make up numbers, and these are going to be wrong. But let's say that the U.S. bond market is uh, six trillion dollars, and the U.S. stock market is uh, is ten trillion dollars. Again, these these are these are going to be a little bit off, but right. just in general, those would be inputs into a Black-Litterman model. Um, You would take uh, uh, the the weights of all the global um, asset classes and then use those to come up with what's an appropriate allocation for an investor who's seeking to get exposure to the broad, diversified global market.
0: Hmm. All right. Um, You know, you have a team of investors and uh, you do the stuff behind the scenes. When you were building Betterment or even now, uh, did you do any research on the psychology of how someone invests?
2: So much. Uh, It's a a great question. I'm so glad you asked. So my background, uh, I I went to to college and uh, in my freshman year I I, I studied uh, economics and uh, human behavior. I took an economics class and a human behavior class and they really changed my worldview. It was like opening my eyes. I, I saw on the one hand from the economics class, I saw just how important it is to make rational, intelligent decisions and how much good you know we, we could do for the world by optimizing things, and on the other hand, how uh, in the human behavior class how crazy, irrational, and stupid we are, and how we get in our own way and, and trip right. ourselves all the time. Uh, and it, it became my passion to try to reconcile those two things. Right? To, to how, how can we help people make better decisions and actually make people happier? And when I graduated, I, I had this sort of optimistic notion that I was going to go into a career of of making people happier somehow, and unfortunately, there's no one recruits for that. Uh, at, at, no, at Harvard. no, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's no such there's no such career path. Um, and I found myself uh, working in finance, where I never thought I'd end up. Uh, funny well, enough, well, what would you go to school for? Well, I went to school for for, for economics. I, I concentrated in economics. Oh, okay, um, but I liked the I liked the the, the the theory of it. I liked the the the, the rational choice piece of it. Um, and, uh, and I like the social science part more than the, say, the, 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 the deep finance.
0: Yeah, the numbers. <laughs>
2: um, and, and yet I found that I was learning a lot. So I started consulting for banks. I started working for, for retail consumer banks and some brokerages and, uh, and learning about what customers saw and experienced. And, and one of the things that I learned was that these institutions didn't spend a lot of time thinking about their customers. They, they didn't seem very well aligned with their customers. They spent a lot of time, as, as, as you might expect, yeah. thinking about how they would make more money and how they would make and optimize the, the products for, for profit. And based on what I had seen and, and learned in, in, in my uh, experience and in, in reading after college as well, as I started reading more Dick Thaler and Dan Kahneman and so on about behavioral economics... I, I just saw that these products were set up to, to make people fail. They weren't set up to help people make better decisions and actually make more of their money. They were set up to kind of game people and, and get, get more of, of people's money from them. Uh, and I thought there's got to be a way to, to build something on the latest technology that's just smarter, that actually helps uh, people make right decisions. Uh, that's the kind of thing where I would want to invest. At, at that time, I had seven different brokerage accounts. I was, I was with Vanguard. I was with Scott Trade, I was with E-Trade. I was testing all these things, as I think you said, that, that, that you did as well. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and I, fi- I was finding that none of them worked very well for me. Uh, and ultimately, I thought, you know, if, if I want to make this, if, if I want this product to exist, I'm just going to have to build it.
0: Right. And you mentioned a couple of books that you were reading on financial psychology. What, do you have any recommendations there?
2: Yeah, so the, the 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 two that I mentioned, uh, I mentioned Dick Thaler, yeah. Dick Thaler, and Cass Sunstein wrote a very famous book called Nudge. Uh, but when I was in college, the one that I read was called The Winner's Curse, which is a great. It's a fun little read. It's 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 a quick read. Um, uh, it's it's only uh, 150 pages or so, but it's got a lot of good examples about uh, about irrational decisions that that we tend to make. Um, and one of the classics that I mentioned was uh, was Dan Kahneman, and he's sometimes. Uh, talked about as, as uh, the, the founder, one of the founders of, of behavioral economics, uh, and he has a great book out that is thick and hard to get through, but so rewarding. And it is called Thinking Fast and Slow.
0: Thinking, Thinking Fast and Slow. Yeah. Yes. You know what? I think Thinking, I heard of that one. Yeah.
2: Comma, yeah. Fast, fast and slow. And it is amazing. I still have it on my bedside. Yeah, I'm going to go back and reread it once I, uh, once uh, I, now that I'm done with it, I, I feel like it's time to start over.
1: Cool. <laughs> so um, a lot of people have been uh, emailing us in and, and uh, they're, they're pro Vanguard and they say that uh, Betterment isn't good because of the fees. Um, and I was curious if maybe you could break down uh, your fee structure uh, versus like Vanguard, which, for example, is like one of the the many things that Betterman invests in.
2: Yeah, so so I think that's a misconception. Um, first off, no matter how you invest, you're paying fees. There's always the, you know there's no such thing as, as a free investment. So whenever you buy an ETF, uh, if you're buying an exchange traded fund through your broker, if your Vanguard is broker, uh, sorry, if your if your broker is Vanguard or if your broker is E Trade or whatever you're likely to pay a commission. There are certain fund companies like Vanguard or Fidelity or Schwab, um, that because they are fund companies as well as brokers, they will not charge you a commission on buying their own ETFs. Um, but often you'll pay a commission to buy something and you always pay the underlying ETF cost. Mm-hmm. Um, now, uh, the the misconception I think is in that, you know, oh, well, I could... Um, uh, I could go and I could look at what portfolio betterment recommends and I could go to Vanguard and I could buy that same portfolio commission free and I could do everything that betterment does cheaper if I did it myself um, the the problem with that I mean you know if, if you wanted to do that um, I I, it's not a bad way to invest. Um, it's actually, a, a, it would be pretty smart. I think it would be a lot better than what most people do with their with their money. Right. Um, and and I would encourage people to do that and and even do the Betterment challenge that that we mentioned at the top of the show. Try it. Try doing that yourself. Try and then let us manage a piece of it. And what what we'll do um, that's very hard to do on your own is we'll do things like invest in fractional shares. Betterment doesn't. I'm sorry, Vanguard doesn't let you do that. Um, so, betterment will diversify you across all twelve of these uh, asset classes. Um, something like uh, twenty-five or thirty different exchange-traded funds, um, and and even if you have uh, you know ten thousand dollars, we'll we'll be buying fractional shares to make sure that your portfolio is well balanced in all of these funds. Um, even if you have even if you have less money, we'll do it. Um, sure. We'll take every deposit that you make and automatically rebalance the account for you. We'll put it into the right funds so that your taxes will be lower in the long term. We'll do things like tax loss harvesting for you, which Vanguard won't do um, and is very hard to do on your own. And you really, you'd have to like monitor your account every day. Uh, and when you add up the fact that you just can't do some of these things yourself uh, and that others would take uh, you know, not hours but days of, 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 of your year, um, the cost of all of that is much, much higher than the, the low fee that we charge, which is, uh, 0.15 to, to 0.35%, uh, which is by the way, it's about a 10th a of what a, a typical, um, investment advisor might charge.
1: Awesome. So I have a follow up to that, but I just want to give credit to, uh, at backstage underscore one. That was his question. Um, but, uh, so. One of the things, for example, uh, you guys invest in the Vanguard Total Stock Market Index Fund. Uh, like I think it's VTI. It's um, a great fund,
2: yeah. Yeah,
1: awesome fund. I mean, we, we recommend it as well. Um, and uh, the, the uh, fees on that is 0.05%. Um, so I, I have a bit of confusion in, in how this works, so I'm hoping you can maybe clear it up. Where I, I invest in Betterment, and a portion of my portfolio will... Likely, or at least the way mine's set up, will go into this VTI, which is point zero five percent fees. So, and then you guys charge point. Th- uh, I think I'm getting point two five percent fees. So, how does that reconcile? Am I technically paying a little bit more than point two five percent? Could could you explain that?
2: I think I understand what you're saying. So. Uh- you always pay the, the full VTI fee. So VTI is, let's, let's say it is five basis points or it's point, 0.05%. Mm-hmm. Um, you pay that whether you buy it direct from Vanguard, whether you buy it through us or wherever, wherever you buy that exchange traded fund, you're going to pay it. The way that you pay it, um, it, it comes out of the dividends that the fund pays you. So the, di- the fund collects uh, dividends from all of the constituent stocks, and then they pass on those dividends to, uh, to customers, but they reduce it by just a little bit, and that's how the fund makes their, their uh, 0.05%. Betterment charges you a fee for the management that we do, for, for diversifying you across, this, across uh, the, the portfolio, for the transaction costs of moving money from your bank and then in- investing it, uh, for all the trading costs, for the constant uh, rebalancing and monitoring that we do, for the tax loss harvesting that we do, uh, and for customer service and and, and support, and so on.
1: Got gotcha. you. Um, so I, I definitely wanted uh, you mentioned tax loss tax lost harvesting a couple of times. I, and we are going to talk about that, but but a little bit later. Um, I wanted to um, bring up another question uh, that we got from Facebook from uh, Amisha. Uh, and and she wants to know why the riskier asset allocations, are so heavily invested in emerging markets um, that are underperforming this year and uh, when generally over the past two years uh, as compared to VTI. And uh, this is something that's changed since we've been running the, the Betterment experiment.
2: So emerging markets are, uh, are generally higher risk. Than domestic and in, in, in our case U, U.S. markets, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, as a result have a have a higher expected return. So because they are more volatile, investors expect a higher return from holding those riskier assets, and so the the expected return of those investments is higher in the long term. And remember that all of these things are in the long term, over time, and and expected. Sure. Uh, so when you run a, a portfolio optimization and you know that over the long term uh, that, that these stocks are riskier but generate a, 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 a higher uh, long-term return, if you're willing to take on more volatility, if you're willing to take on more risk, you want to have more of them in a, in a more aggressive uh, longer-term portfolio. Now, and- in any two-year period you might see in uh, in a in, in two thousand eight and nine when all the markets really crashed. You know what what asset did best? It was cash. Cash did mm. cash did great. Um, in an average year and over the long term, cash is going to be the least well performing asset. So it's it's dangerous to look at one or two years and, and draw a conclusion uh, about what a, a long term portfolio should look like. Mm.
1: So I th- I think the the point is that um, you guys have models and, and the idea is that when someone invests in Betterment, we're looking at like a 5, 10, 15 year time horizon and not a, a month, a X month time horizon.
2: Yeah. We have a different model for each. So if, you, if, you have, if you're looking to build wealth and if you're looking to do that over the long term and our build wealth goals are focused on you know, 20 or 30 plus years of, of, of building wealth. So those are very long term focused goals. Um, and when you come to Betterment, you know, like I said at the top, you, you, you tell us about goals. You choose, you choose goals that, that, that you have. Um, those will be aggressively invested. But if you say, uh, I'm putting a down payment on a house next year, here's $50,000, I need this. Or um, if like, uh, I, I believe Matt was saying that he uses it um, sometimes like a savings account that yeah. you can put money in, in, in and out of. If it's short-term money, uh, and one of our goals is called a safety net, which is relatively short-term. Uh, if it's things like that, it's going to be more conservative. We'll even invest a piece of it in cash, uh, and so it'll be lower volatility. Uh, it'll be less risky, and that model is is great for things that that you don't. You're not looking to make. You don't have to make as much money. What's more important is that you not lose a lot in the next uh, in the next couple of years.
1: Got you. So when you look at the the ad goal piece. Um, you know, and you, and you choose. You know, if it's a Roth IRA or traditional or just a, a normal account, um, and you, you know, you set up your essentials like safety net, build build wealth, retirement, et cetera. You're saying that um, my my experiment, which is I, I believe under build wealth, will be uh, proportioned differently than if you had the same stock percentage, but you were doing safety net or like emergency fund.
2: It'll be so if, if you have the same stock percentage, it'll be the same, but the recommendation will be different. So if you do build wealth and you do ninety percent in the build wealth goal, um, mm-hmm. it'll be the same as if you took a safety net goal and you went outside of the recommendation and took it up to ninety percent. Mm-hmm. You will see different things in an IRA versus a taxable account. So for IRAs, for instance, we do we do asset location. Uh, so so uh, in IRAs, we put. Uh, more uh, 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 taxable assets, and in uh, uh, taxable accounts like your traditional, you know, build wealth goal or, or safety net fund, we'll put lower uh, tax assets. So we'll put more municipal bonds, for instance, mm. in those in those taxable goals.
1: So I, th- I think you created like the the perfect segue because uh, I wanted to jump right into uh, IRAs. Um, we had this brilliant guy on uh, a few episodes ago. His name is the Mad Fientist. fientist. F- fientist. fientist. Like, you like scientist. 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 Like always, mess that up. I know because it reads weird. But uh, <laughs> just think, he's uh, amazing. Scientist. Amazing. I know. I know
2: the Mad Scientist. He's, yeah. uh,
1: he's, he's, he's brilliant. Yeah, a really smart guy, and he, he came on and he schooled us about Roth IRAs and and the whole nine yards. And uh, it begs the question almost: uh, Why would you not? invest in a Roth IRA, especially if you wanted access to your money, maybe tomorrow or whatever. And I guess the, the question is, um, do you think there's any benefit in having a normal Betterment account as opposed to like a, a Roth IRA Betterment account?
2: Yeah, a Roth, I agree with you. Um, if you're eligible for a Roth, uh, it's a no-brainer. You should max out the Roth. Wait, if what, do you,
1: what do you mean eligible?
2: So not everyone can invest in a Roth. If you're making more than, and I again, you'd have to uh, consult the consult the IRS for the exact numbers. I don't know off the top of my head, but it's something close to if you're making more than $90,000 single or $150,000 as, as a married couple, um, you're not eligible to open a, a, a Roth uh, IRA. Hmm. Um, if you have a, a 401k, at work, and you're maxing that out. I th- uh, I think there are even lower limits on uh, on Roth eligibility. Um, so you can you 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 you're capped. Many people are not eligible to open Roths, uh, but that if you can, yeah. and generally people who are younger, um, earlier in their careers, earning relatively less, or um, don't have four hundred one ks. Um, almost all of them are going to be eligible for a Roth, and it's a great way to to invest.
1: So, so in terms of of or for these these younger people, do you see any reason why they wouldn't use a Roth IRA?
2: No, I I don't. I I would recommend it to anyone who's who's eligible. If you have a if you if you do have a four hundred one k at work, though, um, particularly if you have a match, you want to try to to. At least max that max out that match first, mm-hmm. uh, and because uh, 401k limits are much higher, you can contribute up to uh, I think seventeen thousand five hundred in a 401k uh, per year this year, uh, uh, which is a lot more than you could contribute to uh, to a Roth. If you have the option between the two, even if you're not getting a match, uh, you want to contribute to that to that 401k because you can uh, you can contribute a lot more tax free than you could into the Roth. Now all of these are complex, you know, complex questions. They're things that we can help you with if if you call us up. Right. Uh mm-hmm. but uh uh you know, I would recommend talking to uh talking to your tax person or really looking at the tax code as as well.
0: See, I so- have a well I was going to ask cuz I have a Betterman account, like a normal one, and I was thinking about going into additionally a Roth IRA through you guys because I I think I need one at some point. Um I know my brother uh, has a Roth IRA with a different company, and he was curious about rolling it over into Betterment. How easy is that to do? And what's like? I mean, I don't. You don't have to go into the step-by-step process, but is it pretty easy? And should and do you recommend it?
2: Rollovers are are, um, are uh, a great idea. Um, if you have a 401k from a previous employer, yeah. you should almost always roll it over because oftentimes, not always, but often. Once you leave that employer, they start charging you higher fees, uh, which is a little gotcha. Um, (laughs) The the, the, the fund company has a contract with the employer, and and they they only charge so much for current employees, but often they charge more for past employees. So get your money out of that 401k once you leave an employer. Roll it into an IRA. You can roll over IRAs to Betterment. You can roll over 401ks to Betterment. We'll put them in IRAs or Roth IRAs, depending upon the... Your, your preference and a type um, you can do conversions at Betterment from a uh, traditional IRA to a Roth IRA which in certain situations is great uh, for, for your taxes um, and it's a very easy process you asked about how, how easy is it yeah the average rollover at Betterment takes seven days which sounds like oh my goodness you yeah. know, seven days that's 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 a, that's a long time the industry average is over 30 days so we're wow. a quarter less than a quarter of, of the industry average because of technology. Of That's right.
0: Uh, can I can I uh, move money from my normal retirement account into a Roth?
2: Um, you can. Okay. Uh, uh, you uh, you can you can do transfers, um, but generally, you know, we would encourage you just to, to contribute yeah. the, the max to the Roth every year.
1: Okay. And uh, on that on that line, because um, my my wife has uh, a. 401k from an old employer, and um, we we want to put into Betterment and you know document it and and you know show our listeners like how it all works. Um and it, and it says like you have to take like an early uh, distribution. It has like this official name that, that I'm forgetting. Um, it, it seems like that her 401k company will cash it out, send a check to us, and then we'll send it to you. Is that? How it would work, or would they send the money directly to you? Like, how does that kind of work?
2: There are two ways to to do rollovers. There are direct rollovers and indirect rollovers. Increasingly, it seems that the IRS, uh, with a new ruling uh, last year or, or early this year, I believe I'm, I, I forget exactly. Um, Increasingly, the IRS wants to encourage uh, people to do direct rollovers. Uh, and so we're moving more and more people toward the direct rollovers away from the indirect. It's a shame really, because the indirect are easier. The indirect is the type where um, you cash out, uh, they send a check back, they send a check to you, uh, you put it in your bank account or whatever, and then you just deposit it to your betterment account. It's actually the faster way to do these things usually because it's, it's just mm-hmm. sending a check and then, and then using all of, using really the, the, the fastest rails that, that we've built to, mm-hmm. to get money invested. The direct method, which sounds like it's more direct, uh, actually involves more paperwork. You have to like fill out some forms from the um, from the 401k company and so on. And, of course, they don't want to make those forms very easy because they would prefer to keep your money and right, keep right, charging right. <laughs> fees on it. Um, but it. But that's actually now the, the preferred method in, in the way that we're recommending more people do it. And it's still not bad. The averages that I was saying apply, even including the fact that, that we're moving more and more people toward that direct method.
1: Right, right. So um, you, you had, managed, you had uh, uh, mentioned tax-loss harvesting before, um, and, and a lot of people are interested, including myself, and uh, we got this great question from Facebook from uh, Mary Joy, and uh, she kind of just wants you to discuss tax-loss harvesting and, and why you even believe it's an important part of your offerings. Like, why should she even care?
2: Why should she care? I, I think the headline is that it improves your net of tax returns, and Everyone would like to think that there's a way to uh, to make more to make more money from, from less, right? Um, and everyone goes out and thinks, well, you know, some people go out and think, well, maybe I'll go and I'll I'll buy I'll pick some stocks and I'll pick better stocks than the average person in the market. Mm-hmm. Well, all the data shows that that um, generally those people who think that they can outsmart the market and think that they can pick better stocks are wrong. Uh, and on average, they underperform the market. Um, and it's not even close. I mean, it's not like, 40, it's not like 49% um, outperform and 51% underperform. It's like 90% yeah. underperform. It's, it's pretty ugly. Um, so it's, 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 it's very well understood um, in investing and academic circles that a passive approach is, is the way to go. Which means that how can, you, how can you make more money in the market? What can you do? Well, you can optimize a few things. Um, and one of those things that you can optimize for is taxes, right? The, the less tax you pay, the more money you keep. Another mm-hmm. thing is fees. The less fees you pay, the more money you keep. That's why we have a very low fee. And that's why we do things to get you a better net of tax, net of cost, net of your own behavior return. And, uh, one of those things is tax loss harvesting. So, um, I'm happy to, uh, I don't want to talk on, and on and on too long, but I'm happy to discuss how it works if, if you're curious.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Please.
2: So, uh, if uh, uh, if you think about um, you know most people's reaction when um, the market's going up is they're super excited and they want to invest more money and like get today all, yeah and they, they get all they get all eager and then when the market's down no one wants to talk about their investments everyone everyone you know it's just like forget about it mm-hmm. it's like uh, it's like taking a, a, a trip to the casino and losing your money you never tell the story right
1: right.
0: Um, <laughs>
2: So uh, uh, people, um, people sort of put their heads in the sand. But the reality is there's actually there's opportunity in, in either case. When the market's going up, it's all just paper gains, right? And when the market's going down, it's all just paper losses. Uh, and uh, if you're a long-term investor, it doesn't matter what the market does today or tomorrow or next week. It matters how the market performs over 50 years. But when the market is, is, is volatile like that, when it's going up and down... There are opportunities to optimize your taxes, particularly when the market is down. You can sell uh, a security at a loss and replace it with another security. Uh, And uh, and then you have a a capital loss that you can apply to your your taxes. You can apply, most people can apply up to um, $3,000 off their current year income which means that you just reduce your, your AGI. Yeah. You, yeah, you reduce your, your taxable income by $3,000. If you have other capital gains, let's say you made some sales, you made some withdrawals, or uh, even um, I believe that if you sell a house or something, that I think that also counts as a capital gain. Again, I'm not a tax advisor, so don't, don't listen to me, but <laughs> consult, consult, uh, consult a tax, a tax advisor. So, um, but you could use those capital gains to offset, you could use the tax capital losses to offset capital gains elsewhere.
1: Awesome. So, uh, one of, one of the biggest questions, actually, uh, that people have been asking for for the next Betterment experiment update is to show how I how I um, paid my taxes with you guys, like how how it all worked. And um, I guess uh, the question would be like, with tax loss harvesting, how do you handle like these gains and losses? Like, does it complicate my taxes further, or no. is it just like a simple one liner? I mean.
2: It's, a, it's, it's actually nothing additional. Um, it won't increase your your tax burden at all. We will still report to you the same numbers. It's just that the numbers will be better. So, um, uh, if uh, and and it's it's amazing. I mean, I, I can't tell you about your, your own account. Obviously, I, I, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't do it anyway. But yeah. um, but I've looked at um, uh, you know we've looked at some sample accounts from real customers um, and uh, and, a, and an example that's that's top of mind that we were looking at last week. Uh, is, is someone who had made uh, a, a hundred thousand uh, dollar withdrawal. They had, you know, several hundred thousand dollars with us. They, they uh, needed hundred thousand dollars for something, um, and when they made that withdrawal, uh, they, uh, uh, under our tax optimization algorithm, they ended up having no, uh, no gain. Um, wow! If they if they had just made it. With a sort of normal first-in, first-out algorithm, which is what all the other brokerages uh, will, will use by default, um, you would uh, you would have had a, a five thousand dollar gain. Um, so they would have paid taxes on five thousand more dollars um, than, than they did, which is uh, which is a really significant. I mean, if you, if you think about oh, that, yeah. it's a, it's a yeah. huge extra return.
1: Wow, that, that's pretty awesome. So super easy, and it just kind of happens behind the scenes.
2: It's all automated. It's all part of our really sophisticated trading trading platform.
1: So, I, I guess the the one last question in that area is is why uh, fifty thousand minimum? Why not ten thousand minimum?
2: You know, we thought a lot about that. Uh, we thought let's test it here first. Um, let's see how people use it. Um, let's make sure you know we have all the messaging right and uh, and, and that people are using it in the right way. Uh, we didn't want to just roll it out to everyone. We may, we may at some point uh, make, it, make it more, more broadly accessible.
0: And speaking awesome. of, Yeah, so speaking of uh, things that are going to happen in the future, hopefully, maybe, um, my, uh, our buddy uh, Daniel, uh, at the Duke Daniel on uh, Twitter, had asked, where do you see the futurement? The, the futurement. <laughs> 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 All right. Where do you see the future of betterment in 10 years?
2: Wow. Uh, so 10 years is a long, a long way off. Um, having been at this for five years and knowing, and knowing how long that is, mm-hmm. I know uh, ten, 10, years is out there. But ultimately we would like to be um, in, in the same league as, uh, as Vanguard in the same league as Charles Schwab in the same league as Fidelity and mentioned really and in the same way. And I don't see any reason why, why we shouldn't be the, this this kind of this way of managing your money is um, it's it's inevitable. It's it's what everyone's going to be doing. I know that those companies that I just mentioned are already working to try to, to do the things that we're doing. Right. Um, it's uh, you know we have a, a significant lead in technology. That doesn't mean that they won't be uh, applying um, you know a lot of dollars and uh, efforts to to try to catch up. Um, we uh, we see ourselves as managing, uh, you know, over a trillion dollars, as all of those guys do. Um, and in ten years, I think that's a that's a reasonable goal. Uh, and and the, the the end, you know, why do this? You know, why why do we care? Yeah. Um, it's 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 to me, it's it's all about it's all about the customers. It's all about I wanted this product. I wanted it for myself. I didn't see anybody going out and building it and thought you know it, it's not just going to happen because I I wish it to happen I've got to go out there and build it and I think now we've we've. I'm I'm proud that it, it feels like we've started a movement that has has a lot of momentum
0: oh I agree and do you think that's going to that movement's going to eventually reach across the seas
2: it already has uh, you know we get uh, we get uh, uh, emails every day uh, no exaggeration every day from people in England Australia sure, yeah, yeah. Germany um Japan, India, China. We've had delegations from China and Japan come in. Um, uh, we have uh, friends in Europe who are always asking us to, to expand over there. We uh, All the time. It, it, the, 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 the The focus for us is the U.S. because there's so much opportunity here. There's so many people to help here. And the, the, the laws are different internationally from what they are here. The laws, regulations, uh-huh. uh, banking... It's all different systems. And so for us to go abroad is actually pretty complex. Uh, we've really optimized for U.S. investors trading uh, portfolios that make sense for U.S. investors. Uh, and that's, that's going to continue to be our focus for a long time to come.
0: Do you think uh, Betterment one day will be in the stock market, meaning publicly trade it?
2: I hope so. Yeah, okay. I, I, I do think so.
0: Because that would be awesome to invest in the company that invests. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, and just, uh, one last question, uh, from you, John, what's your best advice for people who are afraid or weary of getting into the stock market for the first time?
2: Wow. Uh, it is, uh, it is intimidating and oftentimes inertia is, is the greatest, um, uh, is, is, our greatest competitor. Um, mm-hmm. I, I often say when people ask who, who do you compete against and it's, you know, there's nobody who does everything we do. In in a sense, it's it's inertia. It's people who are just thinking, "Oh, you know, how important is it?" You know, uh, you know, people who are afraid, oftentimes, of, of doing the wrong thing.
0: Yeah, I was um, one of those people, and I know a bunch of people like that.
2: Yeah, um, uh, and and I've been there. So I, I I can I can relate. Um, to me, the the, the the best advice is that the earlier you start investing the more powerful it is, it's, you know, compound interest, everyone, you know, everyone knows that compound interest is important, but it's just, it's just uh, incredibly important. Every, every 10 years with an approximately 7% uh, rate of return, which would be kind of a a reasonable return to expect over the long term from a diversified portfolio. You're not going to get it in any one year, but over the long term, every 10 years, um, your portfolio value would double at about a 7% rate of return. So, so contributing early, um, uh, you know 40 years from now, that money is going to be worth eight times uh, any contributions that you don't make until 30 years from now. So the earlier you start as much it's, it's, it's really important to, to get started early and, that, and, and to overcome that inertia that, that you might feel.
0: And I guess you had that in mind when creating betterment, like yeah, you, wanted, I, you wanted to make it easy for people to, to just get started.
2: Exactly. The, the, the rational side of me, the, the, econo- the economist side of me knew that it was smart to be investing. Um, but in my early experiments with investing where i had been trading stocks and so on, I had gotten burned. I mean, one of my first investments, very stupidly, was Enron. And I knew better <laughs> than to go out and be picking stocks. But there I was doing it, doing yeah. the things that i had been taught not to do. Uh, and and I just thought this is crazy. Why is this so hard? Why why am I who has like the, the benefit of you know and an education? I have a CFA. Um, why am I still making the, the, these mistakes? And it's because it's it's because it's a hard thing. So I built a, a, a product to try to make it easy.
0: Perfect. That's a great way to end it, John. Great. Thank you so much for coming on and talking about Betterment and clearing up some stuff. Because uh, I mean, look again. I use it. I love what you've built. Uh, I wish you continued success with Betterment. And uh, I mean, I really look forward to uh, doing some more stuff with you guys in the future.
2: Likewise. I uh, appreciate you, you being a customer. Always my, my, one of my favorite things about my day is talking to customers. So right. It's great to, to talk to one on a podcast. And um, I look forward to, uh, to serving you for decades to come.
0: Perfect. Well, guys, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. And remember, uh, if you want to email us, you can email us at listenmoneymatters at gmail.com. We will answer your questions. We're a little backed up, but we will get to them as soon as possible, right, Andrew?
1: Of course. Yeah, okay. We we have the best problem of having too many questions. Yeah, right?
0: (laughs) So uh, if you guys like the show, please leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you listen. We have a review here that I want to read that mentions Betterment. So it's a five-star review from Craigers in California. And uh, I'm assuming Craigers is a man, so I'll say he wrote. So you guys are the upfront best in all podcasts. So not just money wise, he's saying all podcasts. I even Ooh. got my significant other to hear the podcast about the cost of student loans, and another person, and uh, and another person, and I are on with Betterment. So keep up the good, no great work with this podcast, Craig. Thank you so much, Craig. That was an awesome review. Thank you for mentioning Betterment. And uh, last but not least, if you guys want to learn more about personal finance, uh, including money management, investing, Betterment, you guys can visit listenmoneymatters.com And listen, if you guys want to get started with Betterment, it's very, very easy to do. Uh, all you got to do is go to listenmoneymatters.com slash Betterment, and you can sign up through there. That would be great. And I think you get, what is it? What's it, Andrew? Six months of no fees?
1: Uh, I mean, depending on how much you put in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, most importantly, um, when you go through that link, uh, you help us keep doing what we're doing. Yeah, keeping and, the lights And we, on. we
0: appreciate that. And John, thank you so much again for coming on the show, and I really appreciate you, uh, you taking the time out.
2: Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Andrew. All
0: right, guys, that's it. Thanks for hanging out with us, and we look forward to the next episode. So later, guys. Later. Later.